Welcome into the 11 Dubcast presented by the Dry Goods Store at 11warriors.com. New t-shirts, by the way. Yes. Or restocking, right? Yes. Restocked. Yeah, they loaded Restocked back up. and loaded, loaded John. They're, they're loaded back up. Everything looks good. We got the uh, the Ohio's Moon, which is one of my personal favorites. Yep. Added more well, Sherman. You know I love the Sherman. Yes. Can we get a Sherman in gray? I think I, I think we need to update the style. I'm 100% with you on that because I want. Yeah. <laughs> this is unbelievably nerdy of me to admit. But one of my all-time favorite shirts that I had when I was a little kid was a shirt similar to what I think you're suggesting, where it's just kind of the the head profile and kind of a darker yeah. background. I had that. Yeah. I had one of those of uh, Joshua Lawrence Chamberlain, who was a famous. <laughs> That's perfect yeah, for you. Fa- yeah, man, a famous uh, Union general. Uh, I know. Yeah, of course, I know. At little round top. And That's right. <laughs> I I wore the hell out of that thing until it just fell apart. <laughs> Probably two or three times a week. I love that shirt. Uh, well, I would love nothing more than to talk the Civil War with you for a half an hour. Truly, I, I, <laughs> I would. Um, rather than what I we have to discuss, and we yeah. have to discuss because it's coming to a head finally after uh, Urban Meyer on uh, August first was put on um, paid administrative leave. Here we sit, some nineteen days later, and we have an end in sight. Uh, the board, uh, the Ohio State Board of Trustees, has been made aware of the findings of the investigation. They will meet Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. My guess would be that there will be some uh, sort of answer within that day to this. I think at this point they know all that they need to know. I saw the report, and if somebody else had it first, the first I saw it was with the dispatch. Uh, Johnny, maybe you followed it closer. I was in and out. Um, but I saw the dispatch reporting um, the suspension time uh, could be sus- that they could be looking at the suspension for Urban. It could be time served. In other words, right. he's been suspended for, for two weeks away from his team, paid upwards of four hundred thousand dollars, but that that would serve as his suspension on this thing. Um, OK, so let's start there. That, that That's what I anticipated frankly, because I thought all along in this thing, and we've had to do it about every day on the radio, and um, I thought all along that this would be an all or nothing, and this would be the nothing version of it, because I did not envision a scenario where Urban Meyer would say, uh, yeah, give me two games, I deserve it. In the eyes of Urban Meyer, he did nothing wrong. Now, whether you believe that or not, and most of the people listening to this probably believe that, um, whether you believe that or not is irrelevant, it's what he believes. And my fear um, for from his perspective leading up to this and, and leading up to the decision on Wednesday, and I assume we'll get his uh, sentence or lack thereof on Wednesday as well, is that the noise around this would be so great, and it has been, that it would be so great that it would distract from the issue at hand, which right. amazingly enough remains the exact same thing that it was from the very first time we did this, which is very simply, what did Urban Meyer know? When did he know it? And did he act appropriately? None of that has changed. All of the salacious details, Tom Herman's involvement, crazy Amazon orders from Zach Smith, none of that changes the simple fact of Urban Meyer, which is what, when, and appropriate. Those three things, they all remain the same. I've said on my radio show, and I'll say it again here, that I believe, based on the information I know now, that Urban Meyer and and the mistakes that he made, and I think if you hooked him up to a lie detector test, he would acknowledge that he has made mistakes and he had a blind spot for Zach Smith, that that is not tantamount to firing. I don't think it is results in him being fired. But I also have also I've also said that the noise around this 
is problematic. Not just this specific investigation, but the Strauss investigation, which is going on. You got a swimming and diving thing. Not too long ago, you got a band thing. So all of this circling around the university was troubling. And while we don't have any sort of official ruling at this point, the idea was to me was all or nothing. Either he would be fired with cause or he would be uh, time served, which is what it kind of looks like we're headed at this moment. Yeah, I, I think the longer this has gone on, the less likely it is that Urban Meyer was going to face a punishment along the lines of getting dismissed. Because it's it's you're right, the, the primary details of all of this hasn't changed at all, but the mountain of ridiculousness that we've had to wade through for the past two weeks has done basically the job of just distracting from the main issue. And, and to the point where I think everybody involved just kind of wants it to go away. And, you know, I, man, my thinking on this has changed a lot because I think in the immediate aftermath, I was like, well, Ohio State is just going to be, you know, they're going to wash their hands of this. They obviously want no part of it. And as the, you know, days and weeks have gone on, I've been thinking about it. I'm like, man, all of this looks, it's looks so confused that you can almost put yourself in Urban Meyer's shoes and go, this is, this is a circus. This is a nut, you know, nut show. And so I don't, I mean, I think what Ohio State is going to have to do and, and what I think they're going to decide is that he followed what was he supposed to do with his job. He didn't break protocol. I don't think he did anything you know, technically wrong in terms of his contract and things like that. But I think they'll also find that maybe he was um, negligent you know, in, in terms of the morality of the situation. And that's not... I struggle with that a little bit because that's such a subjective thing. And for mm-hmm. me, I tend to agree with that that viewpoint, but I also completely understand where somebody would look at that and go, look, what else is he supposed to do? You know, like legally, contractually, he's followed what he's had to do. You can't really penalize a guy that, you know, is beyond the scope of what he's been asked to do by the university. So I think what the university is going to have to do is they're going to have to look at this and go, look, we need to have a different policy. We're going to have to put in writing in these contracts that we expect more from our administrators and our coaches than we had previously, because it's not just a football thing. I mean, I think this is across the board thing. And you saw actually earlier today, I think it was at uh, Louisville or, or maybe uh, Liberty. I can't remember what the school was, but there was a guy, an assistant coach who, you know, granted much more public, much more obvious, but had a drunk driving rap and he was immediately put on an administrative leave pending a school investigation. Mm -hmm. And if that wasn't, if that wasn't the stated policy of Ohio state, especially as you know, with regards to what urban Myers responsibilities were, then you can't really punish him for that. But Ohio state has to acknowledge that and then fix it going forward and make sure that they, this whole ridiculous situation doesn't happen again. All right. Let's, let's say a couple of things and acknowledge this as fact. If urban Myers stays at Ohio state, it will be, a shitstorm, the likes of which you haven't seen nationally because <laughs> right. the perception will be, this is just the reality guys. Like this is, and, and we're going to be, everybody will be fine. They'll bunker in, they'll handle it. But yeah. this is the question that the powers that be have been trying to answer over two weeks is it. Can we do this? Is there anything else? My guess is this investigation was to find out if there was anything else um, that, that potentially could come out if, cause this is, Again, the look of this is bad that you could dismiss here. You could dismiss. Right. And I think it, it would be viewed by most nationally 
as the correct thing to do because the view nationally, correct or not, perception is real, is that this that that Ohio State is an outlaw athletic department. That's right. what the perception is based on the stuff that's happened and the stuff that's coming out and the multiple investigations that are going. So that's the reality of it. And again, I think Urban Meyer deserves to keep his job based on what we know. Right. Um, but that's the way it's going to look nationally. So that's something well, you got to that, be ready okay, to So with. then the question is, Bo, and this is the thing that I think a lot of people bring up a lot, and I want to have a quick discussion about this. They sure. say, uh, is that perception, is Ohio State protecting that perception worth $40 million? And I don't think there's any price to it if you're Ohio State because you have, and, right. you know, what's, what's that? I mean, what's $40 million to Les Wexner? And that's the question that I wanted to talk about because a lot of people look at that and go, wow, I can't believe they buy them out. Ohio State can buy them. <laughs> the athletic yeah. department, Ohio State athletic department made 183, I think about $183 million last year. No, They'll be like fine. Three guys write a check. Yeah. They Les Wexner is worth over $6 billion. He can, yeah. he can buy out. I actually did the math earlier today. He can buy out Urban Meyer almost 80 times and still have another $3 billion left over. <laughs> He'll be all right. He'll, He'll be, be all right. Fine. That's not the, that is not the discussion that we're no. having. No, so I think that's been a really misguided that Ohio State was worried about a buyout, and that's why they're going to keep him. Yeah. If they're going to keep, if they keep Urban Meyer, it's because they believe he did everything that was appropriate, and they believe that he's a great representative of Ohio State University. Right. Ohio State. Right. One thing you can say about the university historically, when it's time to cut bait, they cut bait. Yep. Without turning back. I mean, we've seen it with Tress and with Woody. Like when it's enough's enough, they've had enough. Mm -hmm. And the feeling you get now is that they haven't. And I think that that is the right decision based on what we have right now. And I, I agree with what, that. And I think, I, I think the people on the investigation, I got to tell you something, like I said, my knee jerk reaction to a lot of this was like, I, I cannot believe that they'll just allow this to sustain itself. But I trust the investigation. I trust the people on that, uh, you know, on that committee. And I think that whatever their call is, I think it's going to be a reasoned one. I don't think it's going to be something where they're just trying to kowtow to the public perception. They're going to do what they believe is right. And I think they'll probably get it right. I'm not too concerned about it, frankly. Yeah, really smart people are on that, and, and they probably will. I think a couple of things on this thing that are pretty crazy. I think Ohio State made a huge mistake in not making Ryan Day available for comment. Yeah, I think I that's a huge mistake. And I'm not just saying that as a guy who's in the media. I mean, I do a two-hour radio show every day. I don't need to hear from Ryan Day. But if they the, the optics of it are by not allowing him to talk, that, you, that you're fearful that he can't handle himself. He's 40. Right. Like you pay him upwards of a million dollars a year if he can't address, you know, the media. And all he would have to do is say, of course, all he would have to do is say, I can't talk about the investigation. And he'd get two questions about that and then it would move on. Right. Um, you know, Which he, is he only ironic was what Urban Meyer could have done at Big Ten Media Days. Of course. <laughs> yes. <laughs> of course. <laughs> he could have done the same thing. Yeah. Right. No. And then, then maybe you're not in any of this. Right. Um, so, so that, that was a mistake. Um, they, they, put out this release statement from him on Friday, which was farcical. Of course he didn't write it. I mean, he's in the middle of, you know, camp and you think he's going to write a two page dossier of every, I mean, come on. Like it was written by sports information. It's fine, but it just has a bad look. And even James said that he was pretty adamant today. In fact, today on our show, he said, uh, it's like state run news, you know, yeah. like we're in Pyeongchang with this nonsense. Well, and then thing. furthermore, the, the fact that they've kept everybody out because by doing that, by keeping everybody out, by not letting Ryan Day talk, they've allowed this investigation to be the only news that's out there. Yeah. Like if you are a writer or a sports talk host, like we've had to ignore, I just chose to ignore it lots of days on my show because I'm just done with it. I, I don't think there's anything that can add to it. So I've just said, you know, we'll talk about it when there's news and that's what we've done. Um, but if you write for a site 
or a newspaper or you're on television um, or mo- most most times if you're on radio, you'll talk about all of this stuff because you can't talk about football because there's no new information to the football side of it, right? right? So, yeah. so because of that, you have to talk about this because you got to talk Ohio State because the public demands it, right? You can't ignore yeah. it. Most people don't. We've chosen on our show several days to just, we just don't talk about it at all because I don't have anything to add to it. So that's a mistake, I think, from the university standpoint because they could have controlled the narrative. And well, instead, they allowed this investigation to become the narrative. And all of the salacious details around it is all anyone's talked about for two weeks. Right. The fact that McMurphy releases this stuff after after Urban gives that, puts out his statement, when the board says it's almost over, like then he releases this stuff. He said on air on, on multiple interviews, I've heard him say, I have no smoking gun. And yet he has a smoking gun and he keeps firing it. Then, then, then what is, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like when we talk about this, I think it definitely. But that's why it's relevant to Zach Smith, not Urban. Right, right. You have to exactly. separate the two. And so you could have, I think if Brett McMurphy and other people have this information, they could have made, I think, a legitimate, you know, connected story out of this, but they chose not to do that. Instead, it's like I said, been, it's, you know, sent out piecemeal for maximum clicks and maximum views without yeah. actually creating or adding to a story journalistically. And that's what really bothers me about it because it's not, it, it's, it's just salacious clickbait the way it's been organized. And that's what really bothers me. And I have yeah, super like heard on McMurphy in the past it looks couple of like weeks. It's, it's, it's with content. It looks diabolical. Like it yeah. was all designed for effect. Right. When I think if all of it was out in one package and it was, if everything was known was put out and said, this is the culture that was allowed to run 100%. amok yep. under Urban Meyer. If you had that all backed up, to me, there's more to that. But he's yes. changed stuff in his reporting and he hasn't annotated it. Like that, That's shocking to me. Now, on the other side, with the Jeff Snook stuff, uh, I, and he told the other side of it. So yeah. both sides are out there. So that's yeah. Zach's and that's Courtney's. And I think it's clear, you know, those are the two sides. Choose who you will. The hard part about it is, what what's been difficult for a lot of people is you have to separate all of that from urban. Right. Yes. That's what you have to do. You have to separate all of that nonsense and ask simply the question, which we've asked at the beginning and we continue to ask now, what did you know? When did you know it? And did you act appropriately? That's it. Yeah. And hopefully internally Ohio state uses that as a teaching moment and goes, what are our expectations for behavior? How do we handle things like that? I think Ohio State is going to have to really look in the mirror and decide what that's going to look like going forward and how public they're going to be about it. Because when you just pile these things up, you know, when you pile up the stuff going on with wrestling and then, you know, gymnastics and all that stuff's going around and with the band, like you've got to address it institutionally. You can't just let that sit. And I don't believe, you know, again, like I said, my, my thinking on this has changed quite a bit. And I don't think that Urban Meyer should be the, the poster boy to say that Ohio State has changed things because you haven't until you've put it on paper and told it to everyone who works in the athletic department and make sure that that's enforced. And I don't he know that Urban Meyer should take the, the ball for that. No, he doesn't need to be the pound of flesh on this. No. What, what he's done is not worth – his flesh is not – the one that needs to be called for. I agree with that um, on this. So, um, and that's good. I, my fear is uh, for both urban and for Ohio state that what, that what this has done is irreparable dar- harm that the relationship will never be the same. It's kind of like, you know, like if you, if a girl cheats on you and then you take her back, <laughs> you want her back, but you always remember she cheated. Yeah. That's not, like yeah. That'll never never take her the same. all the way back. Like the innocence in the Ohio state urban Meyer relationship is now lost. I do believe that. Right. 
I do think there will be a penalty for this. And he might have a greater appreciation for how Ohio State handles things like this, which is very coldly calculated. You know, they don't they don't play around when it comes to the brand. And again, that's initially why I thought he was was screwed. But, you know, with everything that's come out, I think he's kind of written through that. But it's still it's a very hard calculus that I think the people on the board of trustees make a lot of the time. And nobody's really above that. So, yeah. and, you know, again, it's going to be interesting going forward. I'm looking forward to talking about football, frankly. Um, but that's where we sit. And so we'll have an answer on this relatively quickly, I think, by um, with, uh, you know, I think by Wednesday afternoon, you'll oh, probably have an yeah, answer. We'll I don't know. know why it would take any longer. Uh, much more to come. But before we do, be sure to visit 11 Warriors Dry Goods for shirts, hats, stickers, and more drygoods.11warriors.com. All right, the AP poll is out. The first of the season, Alabama number one, Clemson number two, Georgia number three, Wisconsin four, Ohio State five. Look, these things don't matter. And yet I say that, but I do think that (laughs) – I say these things don't matter, but you know what? That's not true because they do shape the way you view these teams in the first two months of the season, right? So they do shape the way you view them. It shapes Heisman races in terms of what teams you're paying attention to. It doesn't mean that you can't come from being 15th, as as some teams have, and and play for a national title. You can. It does happen. But by and large, at least a couple of the teams in the top five or six end up playing for a national title. They get a little – when you start high, you can have a loss and you can afford to lose. When you start low, it's hard to come back from. So I guess they do matter. I I think the only reason Ohio State is behind Wisconsin in this poll is because nobody knows what's going to happen with Urban. Other than that, they would have been third. I think Ohio State was kind of the consensus third team behind Alabama and Clemson. And then because of this, you know, ongoing investigation, that's the only reason they're fifth. It's the only thing I can think of. Yeah, that's, I mean, talent wise, I think Ohio State is still the class of the Big Ten. It's definitely related to, you know, the uncertainty surrounding Urban Meyer. You know, you're right. These polls absolutely matter. They matter a lot. And that's what's frustrating about them because they're stupid. Uh, (laughs) I hate them, but they absolutely look if you. okay. so if you're put at 17 or 18 to start Mm -hmm. the season and let's say you have I don't know, maybe you win your first three games. You have a close loss at home to a rival or whatever, and then you just go on a tear for the rest of the season. Maybe, you know, subjectively or objectively, you're one of the best five teams in the country in the year. But sorry, you're ranked 12th because you fell out of the polls in the third week. You don't get to play for anything. And, and so these polls matter a lot. They yeah, shouldn't. And more than they should. Them, but they do. And, I, you know, Ohio State's fine. Whatever. <laughs> it's fit. Yeah. Okay. That's not, they're good. As long as they win, they're fine. But for a team that maybe doesn't get that traditional bump, you know, that people will just kind of give them the benefit of the doubt, they're screwed. Yeah, and, especially if you're not in one of the power conferences. Yeah, exactly. Like, Exactly. Then it's really difficult to work your way up. If you're in one of the power conferences, if you you know, then if you win, it'll get taken care of. We've seen that with Auburn and other schools who started out low and then worked their way all the way up. Uh, we saw it with Georgia last year. Like you can do it. It's just harder. Um, but it's not if if you're not ranked at a high number and you're a non-power five, forget it. I mean, yeah, you've got to be high. Got to be top ten at least. Yeah, you really do in order in order to get there. Um, the other thing that struck me when I was thinking about this is the amount of uncertainty at quarterback at all of the top schools. Oh, it's um, crazy. Yeah, the, you know, Alabama still hasn't named a starter with Hertz and Tyvaloa. Um, the uh, Clemson has the, the kid who looks like Sunshine Ronnie Bass is <laughs> the Lawrence kid. Uh, they got the true freshman Lawrence on campus, and they've got. got 
you know, a guy in Brian who's been there for a long time, who's a senior. They haven't, they're not really sure what they want to do there. You got Georgia with Justin Fields, who's the number one court, number one prospect in the country last year, backing up Jake Fromm. Um, Michigan finally sorted theirs out. I saw today, did I miss, I think I saw today that Shea Patterson was named the starter, which is like the worst Correct. secret in the world. Yep. Um, Ohio state of course has Dwayne Haskins, but we haven't really seen Dwayne really play. We've seen him in spurts. We've never seen it be his team. We like what we've seen to this point, but it's hard to know you're replacing a four-year starter in JT Barrett, which I think sometimes is just totally glossed over, you know, like the fact yeah. how long JT has been <laughs> there, um, and how many games he's in the experience and all that stuff. So a ton of uncertainty at the top of the pole at the quarterback position. And this is why I think you could see Wisconsin because of, they have basically everybody back. Mm-hmm. Um, you can see why people are smitten with Wisconsin, although I do think Wisconsin's schedule, they have to go to Ann Arbor and to Happy Valley. Uh, that's tough. That's going to be really tough for them to navigate, I do think. But um, I do see why people would love them early. Yeah, I, you know, it's what I like. I like to see that people are giving Washington a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. That's kind of nice. You know, I, I want. I, I really like Peterson. I think he's a great coach. But it's more or less what you would expect. I, I kind of, I will say that I'm a little surprised that Penn State is down where they're at. I thought they would be a little bit higher, maybe seven, maybe eight. But just because I think, you know, I think McSorley is a really good quarterback. I know they obviously lost Saquon Barkley, but I will, I will admit to thinking he's overrated. I know you did. You never were in on him. I know properly rated. I think he's like ninety yeah. percent of Zeke Elliott. Yeah, he. I mean, look, he he ran over 100 yards five times last season and you know again his strength was in pass catching but they lost against Ohio State and Michigan State in back-to-back weeks because he basically did nothing offensively and that's to me I think I guess my point is I think they can replace him they got some really good young running backs I think they're going to be top six top seven uh, towards the end of the year I think they're going to be really good Um, it's funny I feel like they're going to drop back I think Michigan will jump into that vacuum yeah, I mean, I just I think McSorley is a real deal. I think he's a great quarterback. I think he's what I, yeah. I basically think he is he's what gamer. people. Yeah, I think he's people what people wanted Christian Hackenberg to be. I think he's legitimately a guy who can just you know gun it and you know get them wins on the strength of his arm. You know, it, it's there aren't a whole lot of shocks there. I mean, I think maybe people are given Michigan. You know, I don't. You know what? I take that back. I think Michigan's appropriately rated. I you know you you've got an unknown quantity at quarterback, even though he's obviously got a lot of talent you don't really know how that's going to mesh you know they got a great defense but other than that it's it's a lot of things up in the air so i think 14 i think that's probably pretty good for them so i'm not i i'm not freaking out about this poll uh, at least as far as at least ohio state goes i think they'll be absolutely fine i will say that come you know the middle of october early november the big 10 especially the big 10 east is going to get super complicated and i'm actually excited for that that's going to be a lot of fun to watch that's going to be really entertaining well, I think the Big Ten East is the best division, clearly, in college football. And the Big Ten's the best conference in college football. I would argue the Big Ten's never been better than right now, top to bottom. It's really good. I mean, the worst team in the Big Ten is probably Illinois, and they have a guy who coached in the Super Bowl coaching them. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean there's also- just – the league's crazy. The league is nuts. Like, people think Minnesota's going to make a big jump this year. Wisconsin's got everybody back. Scott Frost at Nebraska. Uh, Iowa – we saw what they did a year ago to Ohio State. And then you look at the East. I mean, Michigan State, I think, has got 18 starters back. Michigan's got around there. Uh, plus, they added Patterson. Uh, Penn State loses a lot of guys, but they still have their quarterback. And the other one's Ohio State. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. Plus, Brahms at Purdue. Like, yeah. I don't know if the Big Ten's ever <laughs> yeah, been. We all forgot. Yeah, Jeff Brown, we all forget about that dude. Like, he just turned around Purdue. That, I, I, 
that dude, that might be one of the craziest coaching jobs I've ever seen in my entire life. Watching Purdue play, because I want, you know, I would put them on. I want to, I'm interested sure. to see how they're doing. Watching them improve on a week to week basis was like watching a miracle. I mean, they didn't have an incredible season last year, but from where they were the previous season, which was just complete garbage mm-hmm. to a coherent, you know, scrappy team that actually looked like they might have some talent is unbelievable to me because they look awful before. I always have a soft spot in my heart for them because Neil Armstrong went there and because they have grass on their feet. Yeah. Yeah. There you go, man. And I will say, I always have like a little bit of a soft spot. Well, I'll say this. I mean, it's not just about talent, the big 10. I just think, you know, if you want to talk about how good they are, it's top to bottom coaching, like they're coaching. Johnny, that's all it is. That's all it is. When the SEC went through their heyday in the late, 2000s when they had urban Saban, less miles uh mark richt um who the heck was it uh who the heck am i missing i know i'm missing several big ones houston nut was at arkansas yep. um i mean it th- that's I mean, all it franklin, is james franklin's at vanderbilt yeah, like, at vanderbilt yeah so i mean it's it's it really it's the that's it it's the coaching and yeah. and the big 10 and a lot of it is due to urban meyer Because Urban Meyer came to the league, when Ohio State hired Urban Meyer, it changed the Big Ten because it forced everybody else to all of a sudden pay for facilities, to pay assistant coaches, to pay strength guys, to keep up. I mean, that's what allowed for Franklin at Penn State. That's what allowed for Harbaugh at Michigan. That's what allowed for Scott Frost at Nebraska. All these schools are big state U, but they finally started acting like it when Ohio State hired Urban. And And that's why we are where we are. And that's why, you know, Northwestern has got beachfront property for their practice facility. Right. You know, like that's right. It just cracks me up. And I love it. I love the fact that Minnesota's got the new stadium. I love yeah, the fact it's cool. that, you know, they it just looks league. like everybody's making an effort in the Big Ten. And that is so cool to watch. What I love about college football is the individuality of the colleges and the personalities of the teams. And that you know, for so long, the Big Ten, it just felt like the last half, the bottom half of the Big Ten was just this big, mushy, gray mass that had mm-hmm. no personality. You, they were all interchangeable. And now all of a sudden, even the teams that aren't that good, like if you look at Rutgers, if you look at even, you know, Purdue, obviously, but these teams have personality that you can play a well, team and they actually, it's interesting because they well, look, have an idea. It. So think about it. Chris Ash is an up and comer. He's coaching Rutgers. Yeah. Like a guy who coached in a Super Bowl is coaching Illinois. Brahms well, at Purdue. Yeah. Now Durkin's got his own problems, so he he's not going to be at Maryland very long. But I mean, that's correct. Yeah. You know, the, there there's a lot of there's just a lot of talented coaches in the league, and that's yeah. why the league's on the upswing. So it's I mean, this is this is excited as I've been for a Big Ten season. Like there's yeah, it's, it's gonna be literally cool. every game. There's something to kind of keep an eye on. And I've, you know, I'll, I'll really be dialed into it even more. So, I mean, I'm always dialed into Ohio state, Michigan, the top, but I'll watch the bottom of the league too, because I think there's a lot of good coaching and a lot of good players uh, getting done there before we get to ask us anything. Um, you were in Newcomerstown. Were you there this weekend? I absolutely was. Yeah. So this, this is something that you guys set out to do well over a year ago. Yeah, Put your mind ago. to it and you did it. So <laughs> You did it. You got a statue, a life-size statue of Woody Hayes in his hometown. Yep. Now, I don't know where Newcomerstown is. Uh, tell me a little bit about uh, about how this thing come to fruition. I know that it's been on the site, so you know we don't have to go into too big a detail. Sure. Uh, but just the satisfaction of it finally being dedication day over the weekend. 
yeah, I can't take too much credit for this. This is something that, you know, the guys on the board, me and me and the other dudes like Jason and Chris, we were talking about it. And we were talking about things that 11 Warriors could do, you know, not just for publicity, but cool things for the Ohio State community. And I think Chris or Jason, I think it might have been Chris who had the idea of, um, you know, maybe newcomers town, newcomer, newcomers town doesn't have a lot of Woody Hayes. Uh, you know, they've got some memorabilia, but they don't have a lot of like pictures hanging around they obviously didn't have a statue or anything like that and we thought it would be cool to you know do something for them and i you know it was kind of difficult to raise the money it was something that we had to spend a lot of time on but the uh the artist the sculptor who made it was incredibly supportive the town was incredibly supportive getting out there newcomer newcomers town is about an hour and a half dead east of columbus and it's just a tiny little town i don't know exactly how many people maybe you know two or three thousand it's really small but so many people came out for the dedication. Their historical society is unbelievably well done. They they put in so much effort in there. Like Carrie Nation, you know the the uh, the temperance um, fighter, the lady who would go into the the bars and bust them up. They've got a cool exhibit about her. They've got a like an old like Main Street within the historical society that they recreated from like the 1920s. They've got so many things. Cy Young was from around there, so they've got a ton of baseball memorabilia. It's just Cy an Young awesome Woody place. Hayes? That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. How do you get yeah. there? Like, how do I get there from Columbus? Like I said, it's just... dead east. I mean, it's basically, I think it's... Like on your way to Pittsburgh? Yeah, you're basically, I think you're getting like 70, basically. Or, yeah, I think around 70, you just kind of just keep going east. And it's, you know, like I said, the historical site is great. The the statue is amazing we had archie out there we had a lot of other that's amazing um, ohio state football players yeah archie what a great ambassador for the for the school i mean listening to that dude talk he's just fascinating they had a lot of cool anecdotes about archie we had his son there um you know the honorable i think stephen miller down there everything uh everything was great and i was just you know like i went in there a little skeptical i didn't know how many people were going to show up but it definitely tugged at my heartstrings to see how invested and seriously they took everything you know we had like caterers and we had a lunch and then we went to the high school it was just so much fun newcomers town is a great place and i really recommend people go out there and check it out because so where is this so much going to be like if statue you want to see right it. now is inside the historical society. And I think they're going to move it to a permanent place outside where people can kind of enjoy it and, and check it out. Uh, but okay. it's really well done. It was everything about it was great. I, I just had a really great day and I'm just really happy that we can do something, something for that city. Cause that's yeah, cool. It's a cool place. It's a really cool place. So I recommend people check it out. Yeah. I think it's, um, you know, we I was actually talking about this with James about Woody and um, I think, you know, like sometimes, and again, like you're almost like just screw with the national thing, but it's, I think it's weird that there's not more for Woody at the stadium. Yeah, I agree. Like I'm surprised that there's, that it's not, uh, you know, Woody Hayes field at Ohio stadium or something yeah. like that. I'm surprised. And I guess probably just because there's nobody that's, um, you know, trying to make it happen, but yeah. that, you know, I'm glad that this was done. This was really cool that you guys did this. And it's, it's one of those things where, I mean, I know it's the, you know, it's the Woody Hayes athletic, we get all that and then and that's appropriate, but it's a, it, to me, anytime, like when I'm in the shoe, I'm always a little surprised that, you know, there isn't something for him there a little more. Um, but I'm glad that this got done and uh, it's, it's really cool. It, and the statue is incredible. So the very good job out of all you guys uh, on, on getting that thing done. Um, we do have time for ask us anything. What do you got for us today, buddy? All right. 
Well, if you guys would like to ask us anything, you can send us a question to dubcast at 11warriors.com or at 11dubcast on Twitter. Uh, let's go ahead. We'll start with the, the emails. I got some good ones here. Uh, this one is from uh, Connor. He just wants to know, so from the both of us, what other podcasts or radio shows do we frequently listen to or we would recommend? Aside from um, your own, Bill. <laughs> Um, which is great so, like, I'm, not, I'm not hating on it, but no no probably my favorite uh most loyal podcast listen is the tony kornheiser show okay which is um i love tony for starters yeah he's i love how he is how he is can meld humor uh politics sports life all of it into a show he, they really create like a clubhouse feel on his show but i think the most applicable re- applicable reason that i listen to it is because he is doing a radio show in podcast. So he does one every day. Yeah, um, crazy. He, you know, four or five days a week, five days a week in summer, he takes some days off, but, for, but in from football season all the way until the NBA finals are over, he does five shows a week, which is incredible for a guy who's pushing 70. <laughs> um, and, and they're not just doing a show. Like there's segments, there's, there's regular guests. They have regular panel. They have uh, it's, it's a really, it's a radio show. So as someone who just loves radio, the medium, um, that's the show I probably appreciate most. I stumble in on other ones if they have like an interesting guest or something like I'll pop in on Simmons or Rosillo's or, you know, something like sure. that. I'll, around NBA time, I'll get into Windhorst and some of theirs. But um, but but this time of year, but but Tony's the one that I listen to year round just because I just think it's so ambitious what he's trying to do. I'm a big I'm a big fan of Tony Kornheiser. He just seems so affable. You know what I mean? Just like a guy yeah. that you really do want to listen to. And there's not a whole yep. lot. It's not like oppressive thing or anything like that. Mm-mm. I don't listen, you know, outside of 97.1, I really don't listen to a lot of radio or uh, podcasts. But I will say that I listen to one that I'm, I'm all about is uh, Revolutions, which is by a guy named Mike Duncan. And it's basically what he does is he just covers all the minutia about various world revolutions that have occurred Mm -hmm. and they're incredibly detailed. He actually does tours like he does walking tours of the areas that he talks about. So for instance, he talks about the English revolution in the 1600s and he actually, you know, had packages where people could buy, you know, plane tickets and then go around with them for a, you know, couple weeks and see all the sites of these battles while he described them. So he does a great job. They're incredibly detailed. So the revolutions podcast is really, really cool. I'm a big fan of that one. And, uh, you know, he's just got a very good, calming voice. I am so glad Alvin asked this question because I've been wanting to pump up this business. I'm going to get into it in a second, but I've been wanting to pump up this business for so long. You're like my favorite Columbus business right now. He wants to know, and I'll get to him after I get your thoughts, but what are your thoughts on food trucks, legit or gimmick? Legit. Legit. 100%. They're great. I, I wish there were more. Um, if there were more around where I am frequently, um, it would be all I do. I, I, I love how you travel the rest of the world. I've been lucky enough to travel a lot and this is standard operating. Um, so I, I couldn't love it more, endorse it fully. I don't think there's anything gimmicky or lame or anything about it. I think for the most part, they're great and I couldn't love them anymore. I Love food trucks. I will tell you that I have a student who is very invested in uh, his family's food truck, helped run it. It's the uh, Cluck Wagon. You've probably seen it around uh, Columbus. Mm-hmm. Some of the best chicken-based yeah. food. Uh, but my favorite, my absolute 100% all-time favorite, my high school is on Indianola about, I don't know, 
a hundred yards from our school, meaning that our students are always trying to get there during lunch, is La Poblanita 2. And I think there's two of them. I don't know where the first one is, but La Poblanita 2 is just about a hundred yards away from my high school. And it is the best Mexican food I've ever had in my entire life. It's not even close. They're tortas, they're burritos, they're tacos, anything you want. It is incredibly delicious. The people who work there are unbelievably friendly and nice. Prices are great. Everybody needs to go out there in Indianola. La Poblanita too. I love it. It's so awesome. Um, all right. So this one, well, let's go to the Twitter question. This is from David. Real quick, is Larry Johnson uh, Urban Meyer's greatest recruiting win while at Ohio State? He's one of them. Yeah. He's yeah, one man. of them. Um, I also think if it, that, you know, in light of recent weeks, it's, would, well, this will come with uh, disdain from many of you, but I also think the hiring of Tom Herman was pretty brilliant because <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I, I think Herman's ability to run Urban's offense with tempo and his ability to really get that offense humming, uh, you know, on the run to the 2015 national title game, I think um, was, was a really big part. Uh, especially in the beginning when it was basically just Braxton Miller stand and they were running all that tempo and, and all of that stuff. I mean, I, I think that's a, that's another big part of it, but yeah, Larry Johnson was certainly a big one. Yeah, he's established himself as one of the, I think fan favorite coaches on the team with good reason, because he's so good at getting those guys to play at a really high level. And he's meshed incredibly well with urban Meyer and the rest of the staff. So that, yeah, that's a huge, huge cue for, uh, for urban Meyer to do that. Think Last one this. here and this real sorry, quick, think about this. Think about this. Larry yeah. Johnson is going to be a living legend at both Penn State and Ohio State. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. Like he's a legend in Happy Valley. Oh yeah. Legend. Love him. love him. And he's going to be that here. That's incredible. Yeah. The dude yeah. is just that's how good he is. Amazing at his job. And yeah. yeah, we've been lucky enough to benefit from it. Last one here. This is just kind of to put in layman's terms. Uh, don't have an official name from this guy, uh, but he wants me to explain or wants us to explain uh, the phrase. You're only as good as your last game uh, to his wife or to the layman. So can we, h- how would we break that down? That you're only as good as your last game. To his wife. Yes. Well, it's what have you done for me lately? So it's yeah, that's the all. It's really as simple as that. So it's basically like when you're with your wife, like you basically, you know, if you want a happy marriage, you should never stop marrying your wife, or never stop stop trying to sign your wife if she's a client, right? Like yeah, keep selling her on you, and you'll have a happy life. So that's that's basically the idea of it. Is is if if you're trying to explain it to your wife, what have you done for me lately? In other words, it was very nice that you sent me flowers two months ago, but what about yesterday? So that would be the way I would describe it. Yeah. You're always like, you know what, you know, you can't rest on your laurels. You might have a good game. You might do really well as a quarterback, but another one's coming up in a week. And if you are, you know, you want a good relationship or you want to do good at your job or something like that, you can't rest on the one cool thing that you did three months ago. You got to keep delivering. And I think that's, that's how we do it. So I think it's most applicable in quarterback play and coaching. Yeah. Yes. Those are the two things in all of sports. Because, and I think it feeds to the fact that football is played once a week. So there's so much consternation about decisions and most of the decisions, good or bad, are made by the coach. Most of the performances are dictated good or bad by the quarterback. So that's probably why you hear it most with coaches and quarterbacks. 
Yeah, because there's so few games that if you screw up one, then you can be yeah. done. I mean, in college football. Yeah. And, you know, if you're a baseball player, there's 162, 163 games, you know. Yeah. You can go for an o, yeah, you can go for an 0 and 18 streak and still finish with a 330 batting average. I'm going to get mad at yeah. you about that. But no. if you decide to, you know, hit 20% of your passes in one game, then you are up. Yeah. Shape. So, uh, and that's Ask Us Anything for this week. So please continue sending those in. Those are great. And we'd like to continue hearing from you. All right. Good stuff out of you this week. Hopefully next week we will have football to discuss and we'll yes. have some more information about, I mean, we're like 11 days from a game. Yeah, man. Next week's I mean, the big one. Next week we gotta, we're going all, you know, screw this. Over that's our we're going all in all football. Let's roll. 11 days to a game, dude. I'm excited. <laughs> it's great. It doesn't feel like it, it feels so we're, surreal. There's college football this week. Yeah. There's college football this week. I think New Mexico state plays Wyoming this week. Yeah, college football that counts this week. Um, All right, good stuff, buddy. We will chat next week. Yep, see you next week.